with a story. So during in this last summer, me and my husband had the honor um, of being able to go to Vegas. I don't know if you guys like Vegas. I have like a love-hate relationship with Vegas for the longest time, not just because of what's happened. It's so sad. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I can't deal with Vegas. But then there's some things about Vegas that I just love. And the last time we were there, we were there for work. Um, so we had just a little bit of free time. So I thought, okay, if we're going to have free time, I'm going to get a Celine Dion ticket and I'm going to see that girl in concert. Like, I don't know if any Celine Dion fans, I am a hardcore Celine Dion fan, okay? Um, so I was on the computer, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get tickets. Like, it's going to be so much fun. Um, I was, it was either the Backstreet Boys or Celine Dion, but I just thought, let's just stick with Celine Dion. Um, so when I opened up my computer, and, I, and when you look for the tickets, for most concerts, really, but for me, it was Celine Dion. Um, they have the picture of the arena. It's Caesar's Palace. It's this huge, huge arena. And they have a picture of all the seats. So you get to pick your seat. And so there were, there were these, the first set of seats that I saw were, were seats in the arena. Let's just pretend you're the stage. You guys are Celine Dion. You guys are so great. Um, but the seats that I first started looking at, hope my microphone doesn't go out, they were like... They were like all the way, they were like right here. And I was like, okay, those, that's where the seats are. If I was picturing what I was, what I was seeing with these seats in the far back, it was like, it was like this. Okay. Like these seats, okay? And these seats looked great. Why? Because the price. Because it was so cheap. And then the next set of seats that I was looking at, I was like, okay, what's the next set of seats? Let's go up. Let's just, let's splurge. It's Celine Dion. Come on. So the next set of seats was like, like right here in the arena. And it was like right here. And I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, I'll get to see her. You know, I have a bad eyesight. So I probably would have needed like a pair of binoculars. Um, but it was like right around here. So I was like, oh, okay. But then there were these other seats. And let me tell you, these seats... They should have just been plated in gold because they were like right here. And I just pictured myself sitting in the Celine Dion concert in the front, like right there. And I just, I just knew it's like if I could get these seats and sit up in that seat. And I was looking at the seat on my computer. And I was just picturing myself like she would look down at me and she would call me up. She would say, Desiree, yes, she would know my name. And she would call me up and we would sing, my heart will go on, and it would just be the most magical moment, right? And so I was looking at these gold-plated seats on the computer and they were like 500 bucks. That's a lot of money. Like, I don't, I don't know about you, but that's like a lot of money. And so my mentality was I wanted this seat for the price of this seat. So if I could pay $45, $45 for the gold-plated seat, oh, I would be golden. I would sing Celine Dion from the bottom of my heart. She would ask me to go on tour with her. It would just be, it'd be so good. And, you know, that got me thinking, you know, that's kind of how we can get when it comes to the things of God. You know, we want the front and center seat 
to what God has to offer, to what God has to reveal, but we want to pay the price of living a life that's at the back of the auditorium. So, um, so I'm going to share this message with you. I don't even really consider it a message. I really, I'm sharing a journey that I've been on probably for the last year. Um, I think I've been on this journey many times, but it's been very vivid in the last year. And um, so I just wanted to share this with you. So the question that I asked myself at the beginning of the journey is where, where are you sitting? You know, there's different places for you to sit in the arena in the kingdom of God. And the first seat that, that we talk about is, is the seats in the back. And these seats, you know, sometimes, and I, I've noticed like when we look at tickets for stuff like WWE and all the non-fun stuff, because I've got boys. Um, hi, Brooke. <laughs> uh, so I notice in the back sometimes, you know, you're, you can't see, you're almost like you're, it's like you're behind a pillar, you know, you can't see anything. It's like, why did I even come? You know, and sometimes you can be like that in the, in the arena of God. And, but the, the amazing thing is, is as I was looking for these seats for Celine Dion, I noticed no one was going to choose my seat, but me. If I was going to sit in the front and sing a duet with Celine Dion, I was going to choose to sit there. And so if I was going to sit in the back and not be able to see her and have to squint and use my binoculars, that was going to be my choice. In order to be up front and center with God, there is a price tag attached and you must be willing to pay. I could, if, if I would have walked into Caesar's palace and said, give me the golden seats and not pay a thing, I would have been arrested. Um, when the price tag is not realized or discussed, we can start to form an attitude or a problem with the seat that we're currently sitting in. Like, I have a, I have a bad seat. Like, this seat sucks. Like, why am I back there? Why am I not front and center to what God has to offer? And a lot of times we, we get into, the, into this mindset where we're just frustrated, you know, just like, God, why don't you reveal something to me? Why aren't you talking to me? You're talking to her. You're not talking to me. You're talking to him. You're not talking to me. You know, I want to be front and center. And God's just like, go ahead. You choose your seat. But each seat comes with a price. You got to pay to sit in that seat. And the amazing thing is, is God has placed the currency for the seat that you want to sit in inside of you. That's effort, that's determination, that's consistency, that's dedication. You have the currency inside of you and you choose the seat that you sit in. And it's time to choose your seat. See, God is a God that is drawn to movement. You have to pick up your seat and you have to move it. You know, some of us need to channel our inner sass and say, no, I am not sitting in the seat of depression. I am not sitting in the seat of victim or worthless, or depressed, or abandoned. I'm not saying, see, the devil chose my seat for a little while, 
and I let him, I was passive, and I let him choose my seat, and I let him sit me in abandoned and victim. I let him sit me there, but you know what? Today, I'm not going to sit there anymore. I'm going to be front and center with what God has for me. You know, it was clear in the word of God that Jesus was drawn to people of movement. He was drawn to people who would do it for themselves, and then he would step in and do what only he could do. You know, Pastor JL talked about one of, one of the stories of movement, which was the lady with the issue of blood. She was frustrated with where she was at, and she was tired of where she was at. She was tired of the seat that she had to sit in for years of pain, of rejection. Like, it wasn't just a physical thing. Like, there was stuff going on inside of her. And she was sitting in that seat for years, and she, one day, she's just like, no. I'm going to choose a different seat. And sometimes choosing a different seat is uncomfortable. You know, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he was there for 38 years sitting on his mat, waiting for his chance to go into the pool and be healed. And many of us don't want to get out of our crippled bed Many of us don't want to have to crawl to get to our new seat. And it takes pain to make, if it takes pain to make you move, God will use your pain. He won't cause the pain. He will use your pain for the process to move you to a better seat. Another person that made a lot of bad choices in his seat selection was Jonah. Lots of bad choices. But in Jonah 4, 4, Jonah was in Nineveh. And at this time, the city was repenting and God was being merciful. And Jonah, for some reason, in the midst of all of this freedom that was happening in Nineveh, he decided to have an attitude. He went out into the desert. And if you, if you read the story, he went out into the desert and he's just frustrated. He's like, why the heck? Why the heck am I here? And he chose a seat with a bad attitude. And he chose the seat. And sometimes God will allow you. He'll say, okay, you have your moment. That's what I do with Zion. He's the one that throws the fit. And I'm just like, go sit in the corner and you can have your little moment. Put your toys up. You'll have a little audience. And you, and you get back to me when, when, when you're ready to be a big boy. And that's what God did with Jonah. Go ahead. Go out into the desert. You know what? I'll even give you a vine. God had a vine grow up from the, from the ground, and it provided shade for him while he was having his little temper tantrum. But then God sent a worm, and that worm ate up the vine, and he no longer had shade, which was, it's time to stop. It's time to stop sitting in that seat. And sometimes we can find ourselves seated in that back section with something obstructing our view. And I think that's what was happening with Jonah. Is he was sitting in the seat where his view was just obstructed. He, just, he didn't have a clear picture of what was going on. It was all, when your view is obstructed, you're, you're not looking at what's obstructing view sometimes. Sometimes you just look at how you feel in the moment. And I think that's where Jonah was. And that happens sometimes in the church. You know, we've been talking about how... People are being hurt by the church, you know. Even in our church, even with our leaders, if you're seated in the wrong seat, you will find yourself viewing even your church and your leaders from an obstructed view. And you're making a judgment from an obstructed view. That's even more dangerous. It's, it's, it's not a good thing to be sitting in a seat where you're viewing things from an obstructed view, but it's 
another thing to be making decisions and judgments from an obstructed view. And the amazing thing is, is even in, in that picture of seats in the arena in the Caesar's Palace, all the seats are in the same arena. All the seats are in the same arena. So if you choose to sit in a seat of bitterness, you're going to overlook the better that's down there. If you choose to, to sit in a seat of jealousy, you're missing out on the seat that's down there that's your greatness. You know, miracles can't be seen by those who sit in the section of gossip. And that's a section. That's not a seat because it takes more than one. And you can't experience God's greatness when you sit in those types of, of sections. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down a story about an amazing woman. Her name was Mary Magdalene. Um, if, you, if you don't know who she is, which you probably should, she's a... She's a hero in the, in the Bible. Um, she was delivered from demons, you know, from torment and pain. God delivered her from that. God changed, Jesus changed her seat. She was sitting in a seat of torment and pain, and Jesus changed her seat. You know, some of us even, some of us even, Jesus changed our seat as well. We used to live a life that was not worth living. And Jesus came into our life at an altar call. Maybe it's here at another church. And you were tired of the way you were living. You weren't living for Jesus. You didn't even know who this Jesus was. And he showed up in that service and he changed your seat. But never ever think just because he changed your seat at that one moment and he moved you to another seat in life, never ever think that your seat upgrade is up. That's the beautiful thing about a life with Jesus is that you can go from glory to glory, to glory. You can be moved from seat to seat. He doesn't have an end to his greatness in your life. So we're going to talk about Mary. And we are in, we are in John chapter 20, verse 1. So here we are. My book, my Bible's like massive. I just don't want to drop it. Okay, so here we are. We're in John chapter 20, and what's happening in the story is Jesus just died on the cross, and no one really knows what to do. He just died on the cross, and everybody just kind of like scatters. So what was happening in this moment, right at John chapter 20, was a lot of people's seats were about to be moved. They didn't know it yet. They didn't understand it. And what happens is, is in that in-between moment, in the moment where things are switching from one seat to another, a lot of time we, we get into a seat of confusion. And the enemy likes to use that section of life when you're confused, like, what is going on? I don't know what's happening. Who moved my seat? She took my seat. You know, you just, you start to live in a situation of confusion. And that's where we were in John chapter 20 is, is the disciples just left. But Mary, she decided to stay. So Jesus just died on the cross. Everybody had to leave. You couldn't go to the tomb till the next day. And she was just kind of waiting it was almost like, as I was reading this, I was like, I wonder if she was just sitting there thinking, things are switching. Things are changing. 
and she chose to stay. So now we're, we're, we're in John chapter 20. Jesus just died. And in verse 1, it says early. Everybody say early. Early, which is not a time in the day that I like to be up. Early, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. See, Mary was determined to be front and center with Jesus. That's what that tells me, is that this horrible thing just happened. She just saw her Savior, the guy that delivered her from the most tormenting time in her life. She saw him front and center. She chose a seat front and center to always have her eyes on Jesus. She even chose to sit in the seat that allowed her to watch him suffer and die. And so here we are early in the morning. She was just eager to get to the tomb. She arrives to the tomb and the stone has just been moved away. And she, the thing that I want to I wanna break down first is that she decided that morning to show up to the tomb. Okay, so here's the thing. Before, before I go on even, even further, I think I, I skipped a step. Let's go back just really quick, okay? So we're talking about choosing your seat. We're talking about Mary. And in, in this situation, I found that there are three things that are going to help you choose your seat well, okay? So if you're taking notes or if you're just not taking notes, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but if you're taking notes, the first thing is, is you have to align your position. And that's where we're at the beginning of the story with Mary. You have to align your position. Your posi- position affects what you see. The second thing that you have to align is your disposition. Disposition. Your disposition affects what you hear. And the third thing is your supposition. Your supposition are the things that you assume that affects what you say. Okay, so let's fast forward back to where Mary is. Her first thing that she did is she chose her position. Early, she went to the tomb. She chose her position. And when you choose your position, it affects what you see. So she chose her position, which was the tomb that morning, which was early, which time I don't like to be awake. So she decided to be there that morning. So you must first choose your position. This will affect what you see. She chooses a position to be first to get to the tomb, and she saw that it was not like she expected. See, when you choose, when you choose, not let anybody choose it for you, when you choose to align your position with God, you're going to see things that you would have never expected. Your position affects what you see. If you want to see something no one else has seen, you must align your position. All right. Oh, another thing. Let's just go ahead and just talk about this because we are at a women's conference. One, she's a woman. She showed up early. She chose her position. The disciples weren't even there. Okay, the men were not up. Okay, they were not up. They hadn't even... No, and, and the thing about it, what's funny is I'm reading this, it's like, ooh, because she ends up going back and telling the disciples, I am sure they did not like hearing that a girl got there first. And that's, what, that, that's the whole thing. So let's just, let's keep it straight here, okay? And the thing about it is that that morning, she got up early before the disciples, 
There was something about her eagerness that is just awe-inspiring. Her eagerness to be there and not miss it. She didn't even know what she was missing, but she knew she was missing something when she wasn't in the presence of Jesus. Her eagerness is so inspiring. And there's something about that eagerness that's in us women. Come on, moms, you know. Like, you want to be there for the first step. (laughs) You want to be there for the first tooth. You want to be there... Not for the first poop, that wasn't really fun. But you were there, probably. You wanna be there for everything, you're just eager to be there. There's an eagerness in us women to be there, not miss it. And the eagerness inside of her was telling her she had to change her position. She didn't even know why, she didn't understand it, but there was an eagerness telling her, I've gotta be there, I can't be late, I've gotta be there, I've gotta be there early, I'm not even gonna worry about where the disciples are. You know, she didn't wake up that morning and she didn't walk over to where the disciples were, which they were all over the place. Okay, come on, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, put your clothes on. All the moms are like, yeah, I know that story. Put your clothes on, come on, brush your teeth, come on, get some breakfast, and then we're gonna all go, and we're gonna go see what happened to Jesus. No, she was like, peace, I'm out of here, If you miss it, that's you. I'm not missing it. I don't even know what I'm missing, but I'm I'm not going to miss it. She chose her seat. She chose her position. She did not choose the disciples' position. And some of us can't get to where we need to be with Jesus is because we're all about squad goals. All about squad goals. All about my girlfriends. And that's not bad. You've got to have good girlfriends in your life. But when it comes to the things of God, you're the one that's going to be responsible to choose your seat and your sisters are going to be responsible for choosing their seat. It's not going to be one of those things, and I know, and I don't act like you don't do it, okay? Where you're sitting in the seat and you're like, okay, I'll save the seats. I say, okay, shh, no. These seats are saved. These seats are saved. No, 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 no. They'll be back. They're in the bathroom. Macy's just getting something to drink. It's okay, and God's like, I've got this thing for you. Hold up, God. I'll be right there with the rest of my squad. And that's not how we can be. If it, they're, they're responsible for choosing their seat, just like you're responsible for choosing your seat. So early, she chose her position. Okay, so in the story, I don't even know what verse I'm at, but so she... Let's just go ahead and read it. Let's just go ahead and do that. Okay, early on the first day of the first week of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter, telling her that you're a loser and you didn't get there early, and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples, other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. At least he won something. He bent over and looked into the stri- looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside and saw and believed. Okay, so they finally caught up. Finally. Men, get, 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 get with the picture, okay? She's already, like, figured all this out, and they're like, yes, okay, good. He's not here. Yes, that's what I told you. So, um, so, she, so they're running. They figure it out. Where am I at? 
They had to run to catch up to what Mary had seen because she chose her seat and it was affected, it affected what she saw. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is your disposition. Okay, so we're in verse 13. Okay, so the, the men have figured out that Jesus is not there. Okay, and so the next part of the story, the disciples leave and, but Mary stays. She continues on with her position. Okay, so just stick with me here. She continues on with her position. She stood outside the tomb crying. So the second thing that I talked about is lining up your disposition. So she's standing there crying. And this is really tough for women because we're emotional creatures, okay? And I know we always act like we're strong, but you turn on this is us and I'm just a mess, okay? So you're, no, you're emotional. So we got Mary over here with the waterworks. And she's, she's crying, and as she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw the two angels seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the end and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And we're talking about your disposition, and we're talking about how you need to change your dispos- disposition to not let your emotions take over. Because if your disposition is not lined up, it's just, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be a mess. So she was crying at a place where she should have been rejoicing. And this is why the disposition is just so important because you can even be in the right seat, but your attitude and your emotions are blocking you from experiencing what God wants you to experience. So we have to line up not just our position. We have to choose our position. But once we get to that position, we have to zip it up, get it together. And that's not just the emotional side of things. It's the attitude. You know, we talked about about Jonah not, you know, having the sass at the wrong time. And so your disposition needs to be lined up. And so... The angels had to keep asking, you know, woman, why are you crying? Like, you need, to, you need to get it together. And it's just so interesting because in the story, you're reading it, and you know Mary's going through this whole sequence of events, and she doesn't know what's happening. I mean, you know what's going to happen, but she doesn't know what's happening. She doesn't realize the miracle that's about to take place in her life. You know, and the angels are trying. It's almost like God sent the angels to, like, get it together. You know what I mean? Like, he's coming. He's around the corner and you're over here in tears. Wipe it up, you know, like you, you, you think it's the worst, but your best is coming. You think it's over, but it's just beginning. Come on, get it together. Get your disposition lined up because it's gonna affect what you hear. Like you're gonna hear something really important and if you're emotionally not there, you're gonna miss it. So God moves, when often God moves you into a new position and you move your seat Sometimes we get to our new seat and we bank on our old behavior. So when you're moved to a new seat, you've got new behavior. That's really, really important. So the the last thing is your supposition, the things that you assume. So we're in verse 14. I'm sorry I'm talking fast. I'm Hispanic and Filipino, so it's like a bad mix. And so I'm just like all over the place because I'm noticing and I, I write it on my notes slow. So just bear with me. All right. So verse 14, 
go ahead and go there really quick. We're talking about your supposition, the things that you assume. Verse 14. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. See, you've got to choose your position. You've got to choose your seat. You've got to get your disposition, your emotions in line. But now you've got to stop assuming the worst. See, she turned around and she was face to face with her Savior, with Jesus Christ, the person she just saw crucified on a cross. She was witnessing a miracle. And because her supposition wasn't lined up, she mistaken. She, mis- she, she looked at Jesus and mistaken, mistaken him for something else, for someone, someone else. He thought, she thought he was the gardener. And that's what happens sometimes. You, you, can be, you can choose your seat. You can line up your emotions. But if you're still assuming the worst, if you're assuming God can't do what he can do, if you're assuming that Jesus didn't die on the cross and he's not going to heal me, or you're assuming all of these bad things, You can be face-to-face with your Savior and not even know it. You know, we talked about on couch time one of the biggest fears. And, you know, as I was going through, through my notes this afternoon, I said, that's a big fear of mine. Now that I realize it, I'm going through it. To be face-to-face with my Savior and not even know it. Because I'm letting the things that I struggle with get in the way. You've got to line up your supposition as well because the, the things that you assume are going to get you in bigger trouble. So she's there face to face and she assumes he's the gardener and she even has the audacity to sass mouth Jesus. You notice that? It goes on to say, I mean, Jesus is even, he's even pointing out the obvious, like, woman, why are you crying? Like, what's going on? And she has the the awe to look at him and say, sir, if you have carried him away, you better tell me right now where you put him and I will go get him. Like she's sass mouthing Jesus. And that's what's just so beautiful about this, that Jesus is probably just like, oh, Mary, 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 Mary. And it's just, it's just incredible that she's standing right in front of him and doesn't even realize it. Macy, you can go ahead and head up. So we're reading on, and she's face-to-face with her Savior. She's not even recognizing who's in front of her. And it goes on to say, Jesus just looks up at her and says one thing, Mary. At first, when you read that, it's like, oh, well, that's cool. But he says her name. And it's interesting to me that you can be in a position where you you choose your position. 
and you do all the right things. But even when you do all the right things, you can even make it up to the end and you don't have your assumptions right and you're looking at your Savior and you're, you're viewing him from the wrong point of view. But it's a beautiful thing that all Jesus has to do is say your name. Right then and there, everything lines up. When he says her name. Because as soon as he says her name, Mary, she turned. She cried again. And she said, Rabboni, which means teacher. She got it. Because she won. How did she get to this point? One, she, she chose her position. She chose to be front and center, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's uncomfortable, even when she can't fathom what'll happen when she makes this, this seat change decision. She chose her seat. And when she chose her seat, she went on further. She went on further, didn't depend on anybody else to get her emotions in check. But that still, that still wasn't it. She also had to get to a point where she had to stop assuming the worst. And even in that, Jesus still stepped in and did what only he can do which was speak her name and everything lined up. This woman, because she chose this journey, she experienced something before anybody else experienced it by herself. See, God has things that he wants to reveal to you that's not meant for your group of girlfriends. It's meant for you. And he's waiting, patiently waiting, for you to be tired of the seat that you're sitting in that's keeping you further and further away from what he's about to reveal to you. He's waiting for you to choose your position. He's waiting for you to get your emotions in, in check. And he's waiting for you to stop assuming the worst. And right when that moment happens, he's gonna call your name. Brooke. Trey. Mary. are going to line up. See, I really, I, I got saved when I was a junior, a junior in high school. And I, I knew at that moment, I still think now that that's not where it stops when you give your life over to Jesus. He wants to reveal things to you that you have never, or you can't even fathom. You can't even wrap your head around. He wants you to be in awe. That's his desire for you. And that's a journey. That's why I really don't call this a message. I call it a journey because even at 31 years old, I'm still constantly having to check my seat. Where am I sitting? Have I allowed the enemy to move my seat back? Are my emotions in check? 
Am I assuming the worst or am I trusting that he's going to call my name and things are going to line up? And this is a journey that I feel I will take the rest of my life because I know that even at this moment in my life, God's not done with me yet. Even at 80 years old, God's not going to be done with me yet. I'm still, I still have a journey to, to keep going and keep moving forward. But I do know that if I'm not sitting in the seat that I'm supposed to be sitting in, if I'm not sitting in the golden seat and making the effort and paying the price and being dedicated to wanting to see what he has for me, I'm going to miss it. So I'm going to be driven by my eagerness to be front and center for what God has for me. Am I gonna be perfect? No. Have I sat in the back with depression? Yes. Have I sat in the back with victim? Yes. I've allowed the enemy to choose my seat. I'll admit it. But all it takes is for me to say, no, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna move my seat. I'm gonna do the unthinkable and I'm gonna pay the price And I'm going to choose to no longer sit in the back with an obstructed view. And I'm going to move to the front to the golden seat and have a duet with my Savior. So I just want you guys to close your eyes really quick.